You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, and welcome to Locked On Texans. Today's podcast brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash LO Texans. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And hey, let's get into it because we're a couple of days away from the draft. And I've got my Houston Sports Talk co-host with the podcast, RG Seal, with me for this one. And RG, just a couple of days away from the draft, you getting excited about, you know, maybe the, the Texans are going to finally get that quarterback that new Tom Brady or Peyton Manning all wrapped in a present for him in a couple of days yeah I mean if it was uh, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning I'd be excited but yeah over the course of like looking at previous drafts and everything that's happened uh yeah not getting super excited here <laughs> yeah the the draft isn't looking too good for quarterbacks as we've talked about but they're going to pick somebody I mean from every word that we're hearing somebody's going to get drafted I want to get into that with you in a second but haven't had a chance because I've, I've been out of the country and and uh, just haven't talked to, uh, yet about the schedule, the new schedule that came out. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be on the schedule. Unfortunately, it's the fourth preseason game. So uh, we get to see like the great Dallas Cowboys, like fourth and fifth string guys, RG. I know that's always thrilling for you to see the, the Dallas Cowboys. Preseason games are just thrilling. I mean, yeah, they're just exciting <laughs> I think we get Tom Brady for like maybe two series in that second preseason game with the Patriots. We get a little bit of, little bit of Brady, but uh, the the schedule as you look at it, you get Tom Brady the third week of the season. We're Texans at New England, but I guess what jumps out for you, RG, is they have three nationally televised games. That's always interesting. They're they're at Cincinnati in week uh, in week uh, two, which is a Thursday night game. That's their one Thursday night game of the season. Everybody, I believe, is they're, they're, they're st- are they still required, RG, or did they change that rule? I think they were going to change that rule where not every team is required to have a Thursday night game. But then I think they- not every team is because, uh, as far as I heard, Cleveland and Jacksonville are two teams that don't have any primetime games. In fact, the I think that their their games that are nationally televised will be that the the London game is what a what I believe I was I heard. So, yeah, you're right. Not every single team will be on Thursday night this year. Yeah, this is a little under the radar thing. That's kind of interesting. But the Texans actually have four nationally televised games because I think you're counting there the uh, Cincinnati game and then the, uh, of course, the NBC game on Sunday night versus Kansas City earlier this season and then the Baltimore Monday night game. But there's also a Christmas Day game. And that's on NBC. It's one of two games scheduled that day. From what uh, again, that's uh, because it's on a Monday, so most of the games are on Sunday. But the Texans actually play on Christmas Day against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and I'm curious. I, I forgot about that. You're right. The Steelers game is a Christmas Day game, so I, that that's how I'm going to spend my Christmas Day. It looks like out at NRG Stadium, so that should be interesting. Uh, but that's one thing, RG. I'd, I'd love to hear the the, the our. Uh, our listeners' reaction to that, what they think of, of having these Christmas Day games in the NFL. I mean, do, do, do people like that? Is it, are you as much a fan of that as maybe the Thanksgiving Day game? What do you feel about Christmas Day games like during, during that holiday season? To be honest with you, I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but I, if I'm 
somebody, you know, celebrating the Christmas holiday probably don't want to have to think about going at, a, you know, with a, I mean, this is going to be a 3.30 start to the game. If you usually go and you tailgate, people arrive there early. They just aren't going to be able to. They're going to be with families. I mean, I guess if you want to, hey, under the Christmas tree, you know, there's going to be a bunch of like Texans jerseys and let's all hop in the car and, you know, go to the energy stadium and watch the Texans and the Steelers. And yeah, I mean, I guess, but I, I think that it's a, it's a little bit more difficult to swing because there's a tradition of playing uh, on, on Thanksgiving day, at least with NFL games or watching that. And it's part of the, this, I mean, the Christmas holidays, but you know, a very special holiday. Uh, and so I'm just not as sure as far as for an NFL game. I mean, people will watch it if they're with their families and, you know, it's on television maybe late in the afternoon. But still, that's probably not the first priority on Christmas Day. It's usually getting together with the family, opening the gifts under the tree, having that, that you know, not saying, oh, well, let's go to the stadium. I mean, I'm certainly people will. And, you know, the Texans seem to sell out every game. It's just that's one of those things and the NBA probably isn't too happy about it either because Christmas day is kind of when they kick and launch their, their season. Right. And so this year, I mean, the BMF that's the NFL is going to be going up. I mean, it's like, it's like when you schedule a release of a movie and then you find out a star Wars movie or a, a Marvel movie is going to be going up against your film. It's like, okay. I mean, that's when I usually thought that I had this exclusive window and that's the NBA's, you know, they, they pretty much, have Christmas Day. That's been kind of when everybody says, oh, I'll start watching the NBA. Bring your eggnog out to your tailgate, I guess. That's going to be the maybe the drink of choice as opposed to your your favorite brew or something like that. Uh, one thing that I thought, RG, that's important is you look at the schedule and the bye week is after six games. So that to me, that comes at a nice time. If I'm, if I'm an NFL team, I want the bye week to be in the middle. I don't want it to be too close to the beginning I don't want it to be too late. You know, it's a little earlier maybe than you would want. You want the bye week maybe to come a couple of weeks after that. It'll depend on what kind of injuries you have at at that point in the season. If if that's a bye week that you're excited that's going to be coming at that time. But, you know, and and some people might say it's it's back-to-back bye weeks because they right before the bye they have the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, the way the Browns have been the last few years, that that might be another bye week. But, uh (laughs) You know, I, I feel like that's a good that's a good thing is, when I look at the schedule. Yeah, I mean, over the course of the last few years, right, the, the the Texans have had, you know, kind of late October or maybe first week of November bye weeks. This week is October 22nd or excuse me, this year is October 22nd. So that's not too much different. They'll have already played six games to that point and they'll all also had the four preseason game. So, yeah, maybe a week or two after if you wanted to be picky about it, but it's not a terrible time to have the bye. When you look at the schedule, the first few games, they're, they're, it's something you always want to see how the, the team has a chance to come out of the gate. And you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars that could be greatly improved, but, you know, they still need a quarterback, and that's going to be a, an ongoing situation. We'll see if they draft anybody in a couple of days and who might be their new quarterback, unless they're going to go back to the well with Blake Bortles. And then you're at Cincinnati which, you know, they weren't healthy when the Texans faced them last season and they had a they had an off year, but they could be back and, and be really good again. And then you've got the at the Patriots, which is we can just mark that down as an L. I mean, as a Texan fan, I don't I don't see anything changing there. Then you've got the Titans that that's a home game. But the Titans, you know, they're they're making strides. They're going to be even more improved, I think, going into that game uh, this year. And then you got the Kansas City Chiefs 
So that's that's five pretty difficult games, RG, to start the season. You, you, the Texans could easily be two and three after those first five. Oh, I think so. I mean, there's uh, definitely a chance of that because uh, no matter how you, I, I guess you're assuming that they beat Jacksonville, but I, you know, as long as you know the Texans go into the season with Tom Savage as the quarterback, I mean, that's not going to blow anybody's socks off. They're not going to be, oh my gosh, they're facing the Texans. I mean, you're circling that on the the calendar. Yes, the Texans should have a, a great defense again with JJ Watt coming back. But you still have to be able to put points on the board. This team had difficulty scoring in the 2016 season. And you can say, you know, of course, Brock Osweiler was a big part of the problem. You know, that's going to be a big question mark. It's just how much of an improvement you're going to get as it looks like right now with Tom Savage heading into the season as a starter. And I believe this is the first time the Texans are going to be playing in Los Angeles, your neck of the woods, RG, in about – what has it been? Twenty years since uh, the, the, the Houston team, a Houston NFL teams played out in LA. You got to go back to the Oilers days, right? Well, yeah. I mean, with the Texans, because there hasn't been uh, the Texans, you know, uh, in, from 2002 until uh, last season, 2016. I mean, there there wasn't even a team in the uh, Los Angeles area. Now there are two with the Chargers and uh, the Los Angeles Rams. This year will be against the Rams. All, Though I, the next year there's a AFC West, I believe that the Texans, the 2018 schedule should have the matchup against AFC West. I don't know if that means that they'll play the Chargers in Houston or Los Angeles, but there's possibility they could go back to Los Angeles two years in a row. But this year it will be at the Coliseum, the new stadium, still in construction, still hasn't been built. So it'll still be a while before playing the Rams in that new stadium that will have to be another eight years from now so 2025 you can play the rams in a new stadium obviously before that period might get a game against the chargers so the texans will see the old digs the the famed los angeles coliseum in november this season well i want to talk a little bit about the draft but before we get into that just want to remind you guys all my locked on texans podcast listeners that audible is offering a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You guys can down your, download your choice of any audiobook free by trying audible.com. For example, you can download and listen to the inspirational story of football superstar J.J. Watt. How about that? Some other NFL books among those available. Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash L-O-Texans. Uh, that's, uh, again, audibletrial.com forward slash L-O-Texans for your free audio book. Let me get uh, your thoughts before on you, Before you switch to that, I just wanted to ask about the schedule and, and looking over it because a lot of people like to pick out how many wins they'll have. Do you have just a general ballpark figure about just as a, before the draft here? I know it's difficult to do, but predicting what the Texans might finish with record-wise this upcoming season glanced off the schedule i would say nine and seven rg because nine and seven is the bar right that's the that's... Yeah. yeah i'm even less optimistic than you i'm i'm seven and nine even without a brock osweiler starting every game because i felt like the texans won so many close games last season their defense played exceptional and just saying oh get jj watt back you don't know what other injuries they lost a lot of guys on defense i mean it's uh, besides aj Bouye. You're counting on getting some defensive players in the draft in the secondary. Sometimes that takes some adjustment. And I'm just I I still have concerns about Bill O'Brien's play calling and taking over those duties. And, and then also the fact that they've got a tough schedule. I mean, like you mentioned, they can be two and three out of the gate. Sometimes when that happens, 
you know, you go into a bye week. I, yeah, I don't want to be pessimistic, but, you know, I mean, I'd love to see the Texans approve me wrong, be 11 and five or 12 and four, win another division. But I just don't think you can keep going every season, like you said, with the Tennessee Titans improving, with Jacksonville with a new coach right now. And even with Indianapolis, they, they seem to have like gotten a new GM in there, seem to be doing things better surrounding Andrew Luck. And nobody's talking about them. Yeah, uh, I, I just feel like you can't assume, oh, they're going to go five and one versus a division or six and oh against a division every year and find three wins elsewhere, three or four wins elsewhere. I, and I think that this could be the year that, you know, you just if you to me, the quarterback position, it's just so uncertain. And there's no home run in, in this year's draft. And I know we're going to speak about the draft here shortly, but there's no guy that's really able to come in that most people are talking about and start right away, which means you have Tom Savage an unproven starter with a history of injuries as the guy that you're banking on. I just don't see him making it through the season. And that means you're either going to put in a rookie quarterback who's not ready, or you're going to have to go with Brandon Whedon. You know, that's just, I, I, I don't want to be wrong. I'd love to see JJ Watt come back, have 20 sacks and the Texans go 11, five, 12 and four and Tom Savage be MVP. Let me just say that right now, Texans person, but I looking at things realistically, I'm I'm thinking that this is a year that could be a, a little bit more difficult than people imagine. Well, if J.J. Watt is 80% of J.J. Watt, you've added a hell of a player to your defensive line. And yeah, there could be other injuries that happen, but you know that th- you've got to factor that in. Losing Boye, I grant you that that could be a major deal. I'm worried about the cornerback uh, situation. And actually, you know that I wouldn't be surprised if they they picked a cornerback in the first three rounds of right. this draft. It's a deep draft for cornerbacks. I think they should. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe you can get that guy. I'm just going contrarian with you because everybody's 10 and 6. Texans should win a division again. Oh, this is the team that gets J.J. Watt back. I'm just, there's something about it and the fact that they've really done nothing this offseason. They haven't signed any free agents. They're going with the whole draft. They They predicated everything on Tony Romo being able to sign him, which I think would have been a huge huge deal and now you have to go with tom savage as your quarterback just, just all these things a confluence of factors uh, i'm just not feeling it right now and i don't want to be the one that hey it's 10 and 6 and 11 and 5 and win a division so i i'd love to be wrong i'm just going right now based on the schedule based on what i've seen so far this offseason i'm not as super optimistic as other people are well, I'm hoping that, you know, Nick Martin added to the offensive line and then you could I'm hoping that he can play maybe some guard for you so you can, you know, use him and Greg Mance and improve your offensive line in the middle of the line. Uh, even if he's he replay, replaces Greg Mance and, and you and you become way stronger and get more of a push from that center position. But also, you know, I've got to think they, they, they're going to improve the right tackle position either you know, somehow in the draft or some other way. I mean, it can't get worse to me than what Chris Clark well, did. In, in looking at the the draft here, they've had what uh, Garrett Bowles from from Utah, right, or Cam Robinson, offensive tackles that the Texans could potentially select in that position. And uh, like you said, it's a deep draft for cornerbacks. They're going to be looking at quarterbacks too, maybe safeties. So, you know, the Texans, and you can't always, I mean, this team after having lost John Simon and yeah, they still have, you know, Brian Cushing get up. You always have to look at linebacker as being a possibility. So there are a lot of areas to address. I guess, I guess my thing is like, you can improve all these things like with JJ Watt defensive line, you can improve the offensive line, do that. It's still going to come down to quarterback and, and Tom Savage has started a, a total of what, uh, you know, four games or been in four games in the NFL and, you know, a, a select 
pre preseason games, and you're pretty much banking on this guy. If it had been Tony Romo with all his experience being elite level quarterback, even with a possibility of injury, if you could get you know 10 to 12 games out of him, but it's not. He retired, and so now you have to go with Tom Savage and the backups Brandon Whedon, and then hope whoever the Texans select as a as a rookie QB in the first three rounds could potentially come in. And, you know, make an impact this season if one of these guys falters or struggles. And so essentially we know that the quarterback is the most important position in the NFL. The Texans are suspect at it. And I just I can't bank on a a team doing well, you know, with that big of a question mark, especially to be a championship contender and to talk about winning a division when I see the other teams in the division having closed that gap. So that means your margin for error is very, very small. Well, don't you think just having an upright Tom Savage and a, and a, and no George Godsey calling the plays over Brock Osweiler and Godsey calling plays improves your offense by like tenfold or something like that? Isn't that but isn't that an upright Tom Savage? Isn't that like, I, I mean, this is the guy that, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's been injury prone throughout his career. He steps on the field, either a concussion or, you know, shoulder injury, I mean, he's had injury problems throughout his career. He's been fragile, so there's no way in the history. And to, to go in and say, well, I, I think he's going to be healthy and he's going to play 16 games or even 12 games. I mean, when you just – I look back at past before. It's, you know, I look back at, at historical indicators, and I would love to be wrong about that. But I, I'm. it's like when you look at a pitcher in baseball, right? We always talk about this. Well, he was injured, went on the disabled list, had Tommy John surgery. But, yeah, I'm hoping that he can come out and – play well this year his arm is sound right now it looks like he's throwing well in spring training okay great but you still are going to have those concerns aren't you or you're still going to be at the back of your mind well he might get injured something might happen and and that's just where at least with I mean that was but it would have been the same with Tony Romo too but having Tony Romo in there with his you already know he's an elite quarterback we also have questions on Savage you know, saw him, there were some very positive things about him. He had a strong arm, you know, had better accuracy, Is was better than Brock Osweiler in this offense, has been under Braille O'Brien's system for many years. There are some positives. I'm just skittish on his injury history and his ability to be able to play. Let me just ask you this. I mean, his injury history, you know, I, I understand he, you know, there's some couple, a couple of issues maybe in college, but okay, he missed a whole year, which he probably shouldn't even have missed the whole year. There's you know, massive debate amongst a lot of people that I've talked to that, that, you know, are close to the situation, whether Tom Savage should have missed that second season when he got injured in preseason. And let's remember he got injured in a preseason game when he had like the 14th string offensive line and a fourth preseason game blocking for him. And, and some defensive guy, you know, came in and fell full with full force on his body and his shoulder. I, I don't know if many other quarterbacks when it would have been able to do a whole lot better under those circumstances. Another one of the injuries you mentioned was the concussion when we know as, as well as anybody that there, there wasn't even a reason that he should have been, you know, doing the quarterback sneak in that Titans game. And he should have been back after one game. Instead, they played Brock that second game against the Patriots. And who knows? It might, might have been different. But let, let, let's go back. Let me, let me counter that to you. In his very first season, he gets into the game against Indianapolis. He's injured in that game when he would have been the starter for the rest of the season. And that's when, you know, they had to uh, go, you know, third, uh, pass their third string quarterback, sign guys off the street and, what was it with TJ Yates and, and, and uh, or excuse me, it was Case Keenum that time going back to him. So uh, 
you had that in his rookie season. Then you mentioned the second year getting injured in the preseason. Then when he, uh, you know, is finally able to play last year. Remember, he did have that infection, too, that kept him out for a couple of games because they were talking about benching him before. And then he had something develop with him where he wasn't able to even, you know, be on the roster as a backup quarterback. They had to put Brandon Whedon on that. And then you mentioned the concussion. So he did get a concussion just staying on the field. So these are these are, you know, patterns. These are things that have happened in the past. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. And the most important thing, uh, you know, for a quarterback you got to be able to stay on the field. And I know it sounds ironic saying this when the Texans were going after Tony Romo in the offseason. And I would have been OK with that just because, you know, then here's a guy who gets injured, you know, you know, just as stepping outside his front door to get the newspaper. Right. You know, or whatever. So it's just that that's uh, that's kind of the irony of this. But at least with Tony Romo, you have that past uh you can look at to his, to him being having been an elite QB when he's on the field. He is somebody that's a force to be reckoned with. He's a really good QB. We still don't know about Tom Savage, and he has the injury history. So you're just putting I'm, – all I'm saying is you're putting a lot of stock into to Tom Savage. At this point, unless they go out and sign a free agent veteran QB or trade for somebody or get somebody on draft day and everything changes, and then I talk to you differently because I look at the schedule and – I say, here's the quarterback. I'm saying with Tom Savage being your quarterback going into next season, to me, that's that's uh, a reason to be concerned, a reason to be jittery. Yeah, and I guess my counter to that is, you know, it's not like he's got a history of one particular injury that you're worried about being either a back or an arm or a shoulder. That's something that, you know, it's, it's, this is a, a guy that's had some, just, I feel like some bad luck and maybe I'm wrong. You know, I look at a guy like Steph Curry in the NBA where he had the history of the ankle problems and all of a sudden he was winning MVPs and with the best player in basketball. So, you know, maybe we'll see, we'll see what happened. Maybe you're right. And maybe I'm wrong, but before I let you go though, I got to get your opinion which quarterback of any of these guys? I know you're you're probably not as ex, not that excited about anybody in particular. Most people aren't. But which guy, if there's a guy, would you be most excited about if the Texans took him in the draft? I guess you have to say among the first round guys, Patrick Mahomes has a great arm. They talk about that, but coming from the spread offense, and they say that he's really uh, impromptu. Could he be the next Brett Favre? Well, I mean that's that's kind of something that you know. Again, I'm. I'm I'm skeptical about and then Mitch Trubisky just not enough starts I just would I I know he has he's that typical Blake Bortles type with a great arm and right throwing motion and coming out of college or whomever you know you want to pick out there Jake Locker whomever I you know maybe I'm wrong maybe Mitch Trubisky ends up being like some great quarterback but he just didn't start enough in college and then you look at Deshaun Kaiser people say I mean he's got another cannon for an arm has the tools but they say he's very immature so getting back to your question i would go with deshaun watson among the four and the that are projected to maybe be first round picks just because this guy started throughout college at clemson and you know he's had some accuracy problems but he always seems to be clutch in the fourth quarter i just like guys whether it's somebody like a russell wilson where you you know able to monitor you know what they were able to do in the fourth quarter you know engineer comebacks you know even if he's having a bad game he finds some way to to do it to to win and i i just like that in a quarterback and i think that he does have at least good physical tools his accuracy could be better you know and i think that there are things that can uh, that the coaching staff can work with uh but i I, that's who i would go with i know some people will disagree with me and i know our 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 
colleague on this sh uh, show at, at points in times, uh, Brian McDonald, has written how he thinks that Deshaun Watson won't be a, a very good NFL QB. So, I mean, there's a great divergence of opinion here. And if, if they were to go for somebody actually in the later rounds, that's more where I would take a chance. And I, I, would, I kind of like Brad Kaya from Miami as somebody, but he's more of a project or a Nathan uh, P is it Peterson that's out of um, Washington? We profiled both Kaya and Peterman. I recommend everybody go go back and listen to those if you haven't already. And and I'm with you. Kaya and Peterman would be my guys over anybody that gets me super excited in the first round. Mahomes, to me, he's got the most potential, but he's such a long – it's going to be a long-term project with him, and he's not going to be anybody that helps you. He's more of a project than Peterman and Kaya are, to be honest with you, because those guys have started – you know, have started in pro style offenses. And right. you know, I think they would be able to come right in and, and perform for you. And also a reason I like Kaya too, is he's a guy. And I was watching the John Gruden quarterback and I use somebody that's able to take hits. And we're talking to just about here about injury history and, and somebody that, you know, is durable. This guy made, I know he didn't have as many starts as he could have in Miami because he's leaving early. And then like you mentioned with Peterman, he seems to have what Bill O'Brien looks for in a, in a quarterback uh, and started the games and, you know, has a stature in the build and, and, and the tools to be a good quarterback. So both of those guys, I, I really think that they could be somebody in that way. You could draft somebody also in the first round, because if, again, you know, they'll be available in the second and third rounds, most likely. And, and that could allow you to, uh, to pick up somebody in the first round. But if you get somebody like Mahomes, I mean, the Texans are trying to win now, right, too. That's why it's also perplexing to me because and we're getting back to what we were talking about before with Savage and, and at least when they were trying to go at Romo, they have a window to win right now. I mean, they've got J.J. Watt, you know, here coming back. Maybe he's got two or three years at this prime MVP defensive level, even if he comes back at 80 percent. They've got Jadavian Clowney. You know, and he's coming up with a contract situation, right? They've, they've got these guys there like DeAndre Hopkins contract situation. I mean, they're, they'll build right now also because Tennessee and, and uh, Jacksonville and, and Indianapolis have been struggling in the division. So at the one point here, that's why I really feel like if they had some top-notch quarterback, somebody they could plug in, this is their time right now, the Texans' time right now. And the irony might be if they get somebody and they draft him in a project and the quarterback's ready to go in two or three years, well, then this team could also be a much different team. And, you know, because of just the contract situations and age and, you know, you have to kind of rebuild maybe on the defensive side of the ball or, you know, other parts of the offense. And so it just seems to me right right now we all know everybody looks at the Texans. This is a talented roster. This is a talented team. They need the quarterback. And that's the biggest void in the NFL. And that's how you win in the NFL. And so that's why it's also maddening and frustrating. I'm sure people listening to this are saying or thinking the same thing, too. If only the Texans had a quarterback. We say that every year for the last, you know, several years, you know, because you really they really do have a good complimentary cast. Name a team that has had a quarterback that is making his first start as a starter at the beginning of a season that's took his team to a Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. And outside of maybe Kurt Warner, I can't really think of anybody. I mean, a guy like Jeff Hostetler came in with the Giants at the end of a season and helped them win a Super Bowl uh, for, for the New York Giants back in the day. Uh, you might be able to come up with a, a couple of other guys like that that down the road. But, you know, to start a season and to, you know, to take a team from that start all the way to winning a Super Bowl outside of 
Kurt Warner and, and, you know, him coming out of the arena league, that's the only, that's really the only comp that I can think of. Yeah. Well, no rookie has, because they always make a big deal about that. In fact, last year, uh, last season in the 2016 season, when Dak Prescott was a quarterback, of the Dallas Cowboys, it was like, this guy's unprecedented. What he's doing for the Dallas Cowboys for a rookie quarterback to come in and have this type of success. He could be the first quarterback to go to a Super Bowl. It ended up not being that they, they lost the Dallas Cowboys lost in the playoffs, as we know. And, and were eliminated, but it just tells you even for, I mean, for rookie quarterbacks, cause that's coming in, having to learn a new system. And most teams, even in the past, you know, it was always to develop a, you draft a quarterback, you develop them, let him take his lumps for the first year or two, and then ready to uh, contend by, you know, maybe if the team is good around it by third or fourth year in the league. Now that has been accelerated. Coaches are under a much tighter leash. GMs are too. Like somebody, you draft somebody like a Blake Bortles, he better be good in a year one or year two, or your your front office and your coach are going to be fired. So guys coming in, that's why for the Texans, it's especially a complicated situation because this isn't supposed to be a great quarterback draft this year. And so that's that's why, you know, but you still you need a quarterback. You really Bill O'Brien's in a win right now mode. And, and again, that gets back to, you know, getting somebody to come in and, you know, like right off the bat, somebody who's a rookie. Yeah, that's just not going to work, which leads you to like most likely if it did, if it does happen, it would be historic. It would be the first time it would happen with a rookie going to a Super Bowl. So that means that you have to rely on the veterans and the veterans aren't really inspiring too much right now. So as far as at the quarterback position, whether free agents or available via trade. So, I mean, again, that's why it's just such a it's, you know, like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube here. Right. You know, I mean, it's just there's a lot of like mystery and, uh, you know, trying to figure out this puzzle. Well, the Texans, we hope will have a quarterback uh, addition to their team by the end of the week. Uh, Thanks, RG, for for coming on with you. Just want to wrap up this edition. And, And hey, if your company would like to sponsor Locked On Texans, please let us know. We're looking for local sponsors. We've gained a large and passionate audience. Our rates are reasonable. And based on the number of listeners, so you can get a great value, just drop me a line at LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. And for you diehard Astros and Rockets fans, check out my Houston Sports Talk podcast with me and RG, where I hit on everything going on in Houston sports. This week we have on Greg Lucas talking about the Astros and Ben DuBose over with Lockdown Rockets, our friend over on that side of the equation. He's going to talk about the Rockets and the playoffs this week's show is a good one so you won't want to miss that and if you you know if you love all of this stuff it's it's in the same places you'll find locked on texans houston sports talk is it's on itunes stitcher and tune in locked on texans all part of the locked on network of podcast there's a show for every nfl and nba team and of course if you've got something on your mind just email me at locked on texans at mail.com or send a message through our locked on texans facebook and twitter pages thanks so much for making locked on texans a part of your week You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.